Hello and welcome to Spirit Pig. This is the show that explores how to live a fulfilled life. I'm Duncan CJ and today I'm talking to Mike Dilbeck. And now for those of you who are looking behind me and realise that we've got, uh, you're watching the video version of this conversation, realise that actually we've got a completely different backdrop today. And uh, so despite having never been here before, not really knowing anyone, I decided to book a flight the other day and just moved to Berlin on a bit of a whim. So I'm currently homeless and I'm recording this uh, interview from a cafe. So as you can see, but we're, we're out and about. Um, so yeah, I apologise if there's a little bit of extra background noise today, but I have another fantastic, fantastic guest. Uh, Mike Dilbeck is an award-winning filmmaker, trainer, speaker, and social entrepreneur, and he's helped, you know, back in the day, raise millions of pounds and millions of dollars for uh, people living with AIDS and HIV, and what his current project is, is Responsibility Project, which inspires and empowers people to not simply sit back and be a bystander, but to instead demonstrate courage and stand up and step in for what they think is actually right. So, Mike, thank you so, so much for being here today. It's awesome to talk to you. Oh, I love it. I (laughs) I knew you were in Berlin, but I didn't know you were moving there. Oh, my God. I love the courage. (laughs) Well, I mean... Having interviews like this, you know, I think we're in episode, I think, 31 now. And so, so many of them are just like, come on, just just do just do it. Just face do fear. it. Just do it. And so I was just toying with this idea for a bit. I was like, you know what? Like, I don't know anyone. I have no idea. Like, I can't speak German. I was like, oh God, screw it. Just, 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 jump, just jump on a flight. So we'll see. Just screw it. <laughs> now, for anyone who doesn't know and who hasn't heard this phrase before, what, what exactly is bystander behavior? Bystander behavior is any for any of us. I mean, it doesn't matter our age, our sex, our sexual orientation, our ethnicity. I mean, it doesn't matter whatever makes us up. As human beings, when we go out in our lives and we, you know, whether we're there in the workplace, whether we're at school, whether we're with our kids at their school, you know, whatever environment we find ourselves in, we see something. Or maybe we hear somebody say something and we, our gut feeling, our morals, our values, our moral compass tells us, that's not good. That's wrong. That shouldn't be happening. I should do something here. You know, we're compelled to what's called intervene in some kind of way in that moment. Yet what oftentimes happens and 99% of the time happens is our fear takes over and causes us to be a passive bystander. We may watch it. We may turn away. We may laugh along with an inappropriate joke or comment. We, you know, we may just keep going like, okay, I'm not going to do anything there. It's not my job to do something. Or we just give in our own fear, like I said. And that's called bystander behavior. When you don't intervene, when you don't do what you want to do in a moment of time to make the difference you want to make. Okay. And so you, you mentioned it there, like fear. I mean, is that, is that, is that the big thing stopping us? Or is it, like, I think you, I saw like, you said other words like shame, regret, like guilt. Yeah. These things are things which are stopping us making that move. So for example, we see something which we don't like and we know we should be doing something, but it's that fear yeah. triggers in. You know, I think fear starts it all. I think everything comes back to fear. I mean, and even we, and we become so callous and, and, and I know that sounds that or become, let me say this, we become so numb to our own fear. We don't even know when it's driving us, you know, like I'm going to use you, even though it wasn't a, you know, a bad situation, fear could have very well stopped you from making the move. And I'm sure it did at moments, you know, show up like, oh, I can't do that or whatever. Well, that's at that level. But in other more critical moments where we need to throw ourselves into a situation, fear is what drives us. Now, shame and guilt is one of the impacts of not doing that. Like, and then it will help feed the fear. You know, the more shame we have, the more guilt, the more regret we have. 
the, the, the easier we give into our fear because we're like, oh, I can't do that. I, I can't make the difference I want to make. I tried that once. It didn't go well. I'm never going to do that again. You know, it'll, we'll never stick our neck out for anyone ever again because of the shame and the guilt of giving into our fear. Yeah. Well, uh, one thing, I mean, I, I think on your, on your website and on, like, on YouTube, you've got, like, you've got a great blog and you, you're often posting um, videos which, you know, address some of these issues. And there's, there's some great sort of social experiments um, where, yeah. like, you know, and one thing which, I mean, it, I guess when you think about it, it kind of makes sense, but it, it, it was quite interesting about actually you're more likely to ignore someone in need if you know that there are other people around you because it's almost right. like, it's like, oh, somebody else will step in. I mean, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's what's called the bystander effect. Is what, you know, and it has been, cases have shown that the more people that are around, the less likely that anybody will intervene. I think that is because we think, you know, there's more people to, oh, it's their job. You know, who am I? This little old me, you know, I'm just, I'm just here, you know, being who I am. Somebody else is more equipped, they're more skilled, they may know the person. So it's easier for us to lay responsibility on someone else when there's somebody else around. If we're the only person, there's no guarantee, but it's, le- it's more likely that we'll be compelled to intervene. Again, no guarantee that we will, but we're more likely to intervene than if there were more people around. That's the bystander effect. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, the name came from our ability to respond, and each and every one of us has the ability. Whether we use that ability or not is up to us. But it really is to uh, our mission, my mission, with the Foundation for Courage, or the Revolution for Courageous Leadership is to empower people who want to stand up, step in, and speak out for what's right. And everything I do is to fulfill that mission. Everything. This interview today is to help fulfill that mission. You know, I really, I'm on a quest. You know, I will spend the rest of my life with this mission. You know, in every interview I have, every blog I write, I'm writing my book, the manifesto I just released is all to fulfill that mission. Yeah. And why, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm at home, I'm, I'm listening to this interview and it's like, it's really interesting, but like how, I guess if I, what if I'm somebody who's thinking, okay, this is great, but like, how does that affect me? Like, how does this um, affect uh, our sort of day to day, like in, in, in every day's life. I mean, is it just by just by not by not going against what by doing what isn't right? I mean, that feels bad. So, I mean, does that affect us on like a personal level? Like, how does this affect me? That was a really convoluted well, think, question. I don't even know I what think, that was. Um, but. Yeah, but I think you can start by just starting to notice, like putting on your radar, like being really in tune with your feelings. You know, what am I feeling here? Am I you know, noticing when, they, when you have fear, because again, we become so numb to it, it becomes so much a part of who we are that we don't notice that we actually live in fear. You know, I say it consumes our life. We, we are so used to it that we walk around not even knowing that we're walking in fear. And I say this too, when I give keynotes around the country, I say, just like fish do not know that they swim in water, we don't know that we swim in fear. You know, a fish does not know he swims in water. It's just what he swims in, he or she. You know, same with us. We don't know how much it controls our life and suppresses us and um, is the barrier to us making the difference and knowing ourselves as bigger in any moment. You know, we have, you know, and each and every time we haven't intervened, again, going back to the shame, I say we become smaller. 
So notice those moments where you find yourself being small and you don't feel compelled or empowered. You know, and just notice that fear like, wow, I really want to do this right now, but I can see that fear is stopping me. What could I do? I'm not saying you have to do it, but being in touch with what you could do if you were totally free from fear in that moment. Again, we'll never be totally free from fear. I don't believe in being fearless because I don't believe we ever are. I believe in showing courage. That's why I started the, found the revolution for courageous leadership. Not just leadership, but courageous leadership is going beyond that fear so that it doesn't stop us and making the difference we want to make. So just put it on your radar and notice when you're doing that. Okay, so it's more about shining a light on it rather than actually letting it sort of control us without really knowing it because I'm going through life just almost on autopilot or like with blinkers. Yep. By actually shining a light right on it, it can, you can actually then have the choice whether you want to let this control you or whether you want to do something about it. Is that, is that right? That's right. That, that's exactly right. Exactly right. And, you know, and it, it takes being willing to be honest and vulnerable with yourself. You know, I love vulnerability. Vulnerability is one of the six strengths that I've identified as courageous leadership. You know, and, and women are better at this than men are, you know, because, but human beings in general are not great with vulnerability because we think it shows weakness. But allow yourself to be vulnerable, even with yourself, to say, wow, I did give in to fear just then. You know, tell the truth. And many of us are not telling the truth that I wanted to do this, but I gave in to fear and I didn't do that. And it starts with that. I'm glad you brought up vulnerability because um, you've got on your website, you've got your sort of mission statement, your creed, um, which, you know, just states kind of all the things have, have yeah. you believe. And um, yeah, one of them was, you know, I choose vulnerability and welcome emotional, emotional exposure. And I wanted, to, I wanted you to elaborate on that. So, I mean, it's just well, completely just opening yourself up and actually, yeah. So, can you maybe just, maybe just yeah. talk about that a little bit more? This, this idea of like, so how is that so powerful? Well, again, I think, you know, the more that we've not, you know, the more that we've been at the impact of not intervening and the more shame that we have, the less likelihood that we will be vulnerable. We become so protective of ourselves and we become, we, we think we're protecting our emotions. I don't want to get hurt again. I don't want to be disappointed again. I don't want to feel small. Any, I, don't want any, I don't want to feel any smaller than I already feel. I don't want to feel any, you know more powerless than what I feel right now. We're like, I, I've, I've gotten to the depths of, I, I can't do that anymore. And so we protect ourselves. But I think the more we allow ourselves to be open to emotional exposure, you know, and even share somebody like, you know, you know, sharing with somebody, listen, I'm afraid to do that. And you, you'll find that they say, you know, I'm scared to do that too. You know, I think one of, just the, the, my challenge to the, the people watching this or, or listening to this is, Notice that when you get inspired by other people, it's usually with their willingness to be vulnerable and they share something about themselves that inspires us. You know, I show videos from time to time about, you know, oh, let's, I don't know if y'all get this over where you are, but some of you are watching, listen, you know, the show here in America called, what would you do? And they create different scenarios. You should look online for it. Any of you look online and it's a show called What Would You Do? And they, in real life, create different scenarios. I mean, real life, very well done with professional actors. And whether it's, you know, putting a roofie in somebody's drink in a bar. You know, um, we had, uh, I think, one of the episodes recently had a foster parent yelling at her child in a restaurant. They had a same-sex couple 
come into a restaurant and show affection for one another to see how the patrons would react. These are professional actors, but they had all these hidden cameras. So, you know, I can't remember why I was going down that path. But, um, you know, oh, that's what I'm saying. The, the things that inspire us most about that show are the moments that people do allow themselves to be vulnerable and step in. It, that, those are the most inspiring moments. Now, here's my point. We're inspired by people who are willing to be vulnerable. And we think that shows power. But we think when we look at vulnerability ourselves, that it shows weakness. That's really interesting. Yeah. And if we allow ourselves to really get that one of the source, at least one, if not the source of our own power, is to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. I think that'll shift everything for you. That's really, that's really, yeah. Uh, because, yeah, you do. You just, I mean, it's, 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 it's seen almost as a weakness, especially in, especially, you're saying it's, you know, women are probably better than men, you know, especially in men, you know, it's quite seen as, you know, you don't want to show, like, you don't want to show that vulnerability, but it, it shows strength, doesn't it? Really interesting. Yeah, and, and again, especially men, you know, because we like to be manly and we, you know, we like to show our testosterone, you know, and we don't, we don't think weakness, we think, uh, we think vulnerability will look, make us look weak. But what we don't realize, you know, whether you're a manager or a partner or a husband or a boyfriend, you know, and again, this applies to women as well, but I think more so with men, that people fall in love with us. We got them in the palm of their hand when we show vulnerability. And, and we allow ourselves to take risk. You know, you know, I say this, that vulnerability is the fifth strength of courageous leadership. And it's, it's put there for a reason. It's right before the sixth strength, which is bravery. Now, bravery is vulnerability times 10 or times 100. That's at a whole new level. But you can't show bravery. You can't show courageous leadership unless you're willing to allow yourself to be vulnerable. You cannot intervene in a situation. You can't make a difference unless you cross that line from protecting yourself, holding back, to being vulnerable. And when you cross that line, you're more willing to take risks. You're more willing to be brave, but you have to cross that vulnerability line first. And do you think also by having, um, by, I guess in one sense, if, if you think you know you, you you put up these barriers and you have you you're not vulnerable and you put up these walls, then I guess you won't necessarily get hurt. But then in default, you kind of just you're kind of stopping yourself from actually feeling anything as well. You're kind of, I don't know, you're 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 actually blocking off actually any real emotion because you've always got these walls up. Yeah. And you're blocking off so much of what's possible in life for you and others. You know, we don't, you know, with that numbness and that protection that we put around it, that wall of armor, we are not able to experience everything that life has to offer. And there could be consequences from taking action. So I always want to make people clear to that. I'm not saying it's all going to be, ro- you know, rosy and peachy and you're going to be held a hero and, you know, all that stuff, you know, you're going to get awards and, you know, but, you know, it, it, there may be some consequences or maybe even some retaliation for what you do. Right. And many times there is because you're going against the grain. You're doing something that obviously nobody else is doing, you know, and, you know, you got to be, you know, you also have to prepare yourself for that. If you can stand in your convictions and you can come from that, which you're committed to, and keep doing that. Sometimes it requires you to do it more than once. Because a lot of times people will do something once, take a stand for something, and then they get the backlash or they get whatever they get. And they're like, oh, I can't do that. 
and then they'll shut down. They're like, oh, see, I knew I couldn't do that. And it'll, that, all that will validate all those concerns that you had and all those fears. You're like, oh, I isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I, I thought I could do that, but uh, obviously I'm not the one to do that. You got to, you know, battling this fear and showing courage is a moment by moment, minute by minute, you know, phenomenon. Just because you do it once doesn't mean that something's handled. You know, there, you know, and it may be, but sometimes situations require, like say that you have a friend who continues to make homophobic or maybe racist comments and tell inappropriate jokes, right? You may stand up to that friend once and say, listen, dude, that's just not appropriate. You know, I've heard you say it many times and I've never said anything, but it's hurtful. What you're saying is offensive to others. And I want you to think about that, you know, whatever conversation you have. And then the next time he does that, you know, you're like, well, obviously I didn't make a difference at one time. So screw it. I'm not going to say anything. Or you're going to like, listen, dude, we've already had this conversation once. And you may have to have that several times before you actually impact that person's behavior and change something within them, it, you know, you may have to keep standing for that. But that's your choice. You know, what I tell people is I'm not here to make people do something. I'm not here to, you know, always to tell people what to do. I just simply want to support and lift people up to cross that line to where they're free to take the actions they want to take and make that choice themselves. Because I can't do some formulaic, you know, intervention 101 okay do this and then do this and then do this because every situation is different has different characters emotions situations but if i can get people to be more interested and ask more questions or look within themselves more then i've done my job yeah i think that's, I think that's key as well i mean like no one no one, one no one really likes being told what they should and shouldn't do and i think no and it's not really i, mean, I, I don't think that really makes change anyway does it it's actually just to empower people to make their make choice for themselves yeah when you when you make the choice and it's a powerful choice for yourself and you've done the thinking and you've done the exploring and you've tapped into yourself and you're taking actions based on your own moral compass and your values that's power you know and then you can deal with whatever may come your way right you're like well but i'm standing in my convictions and i'm going to keep standing you know and we have amazing leaders in this world that did that. Gandhi, you know, Martin Luther King, you know, they got a lot of backlash, a lot of retaliation, but they stood in their convictions, you know, and one, you know, Martin Luther King even gave his life for that. But, and I'm not saying you should do that, but, uh, you know, unless you choose to, you know, somebody could choose to Disclaimer. do that. that but don't say Mike Dilbeck told you to do that. But, um, I have good lawyers, but, uh, uh, you know, when you can do that, that's power. You know, me telling you to do something, it's you just simply doing what I told you to do. And it may not go well. And you're like, well, Mike told me to do that. It didn't go very well. Last time I listened to him. But I, want, well, I don't want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to you. Yeah. Well, I was watching one of your keynote speeches. And one question which you, you, you said come to the audience, which is you said, like, is the ultimate question in life. is like, just to really be honest and ask yourself, like, who am I? Like, really, like, really, like, who am I? What, why, why is that so important? Like, what's the power of asking yourself that question? Because I, I think that most people are walking around not in touch with and not empowered by who they are. Uh, they think they are certain things. They think they are their car or their job or their marital status or um, you know, their body, how their body looks. You know, they think there are these things that really aren't who they are. And we put so much value on those things that we don't take the time to really do the exploring and tap into, but who am I really? 
you know, what are my values? What drives me? What, you know, takes me through life and fulfills me and lifts me up and gets me out of bed in the morning? You know, most people get out of bed in the morning surviving the day and they can't wait to get in bed at night. And they just wake up, you know, like, okay, I survived that night. Let's go survive the day. And, you know, they survive the meetings they have. Getting in work, you know, to work through traffic. You know, it's survival after survival after survival. But, you know, what drives you? What gets you up? What would get me up in the morning? You know, this, you know, interviews like I have with you is what gets me up in the morning. You know, to another opportunity to empower others. I love that. That's why I immediately wanted to take you up on your offer to have this conversation because I'm like, why wouldn't I? But that's, that is my why of living my life. I live life for this reason. But in my values drive that. Not because I want to look good or, you know, whatever, be on an interview with you. But, you know, that's what, that's what my values are. But it takes stopping and looking at that. And I don't think we do enough of that. Oh, let me say this too. Unless you do that, you won't be in touch with why you would intervene. You know, and if you're, if you're leaning on all those things that are really not who you are, like looking good and, you know, being strong and, be, you know, whatever, those are not enough. They will not compel you to intervene. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you won't intervene to protect those things that you think are who you are. But if you dig deep inside and you come from your values, you won't have any, you won't give yourself any choice but to intervene. Because that's just who you are. Because it's just, it's so, it's so, your values are so clear that yes. everything you do is just a, an expression of like everything. Yeah, exactly. So it all just comes back to that what you're why. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it, and it really, and this is where vulnerability comes in again. Being vulnerable enough with yourself to say, wow, I do things that aren't really who I am. You know, I want to look tough or I want to look like I have all my shit together, excuse me. Hey, I, you know, <laughs> Or, um, you know, you know, and, you know, in that way causes you to not do something. You don't want to risk something. You don't want to risk looking good or, you know, or maybe risk looking bad. But that's not really who you are. Who you are is, you know, compa- you know, compassionate and caring and loving and want to take care of others and stand up for what's right. You know, that's who you are. But we're not walking around in touch with that. Other things have taken over. That's interesting. You, one thing you talked about was um, this idea of uh, empowering people to just know that they matter and that you know each of us matters. Like, how integral is that feeling that we matter just to a person's well-being? Well, it goes back to what I said earlier about how we beat ourselves up and we become smaller and smaller and smaller to the point that we don't believe that we do matter. We don't believe that we can make a difference as one simple human being, one simple but very complex human being. You know, we don't, um, we're all very complex. We're perfectly imperfect. And, um, you know, we, we, our shame tells us that we don't matter. That's really what, you know, that's what I want your listeners and your viewers left with. Our shame tells us that we don't matter. And we can go past that shame and really tap into who we are and our ability to, to respond. We can really get that we do matter. And, most situations have, have you know, changed or a difference has been made or somebody's life has been saved or an issue has been raised because one person chose to stand up, step in, and speak out for what's right. One person. 
Now, sometimes other people join you because they're also scared. They're having the same fears that you are. They're looking for that one person to lead the way, to give them permission to then step in and do the same thing. You know, we see many situations where one person will stop to help somebody and then others will come. Okay, now, now the, the way is clear. I now have permission to join this person. But until that one person does it, nobody does. So it takes one person. We matter. That's awesome. And what does a fulfilled life mean to you? You know, just summarizing most of what I've said, it's um, being someone that doesn't get stopped by their fear. I, you know, I don't even think, I think it's very underrated. If you just really stop, you know, if you take it on one day, you know, I, I can't remember the exact quote. I'm probably going to bastardize it a little bit, but, you know, there's magnets and coffee cups that say this, but, you know, what would you do today if you didn't have fear? I mean, that's a, what would you do? Like if fear was not a factor, what would you do? Yeah. I love, I love, I love things like that because they just like that, that one. And then like, you know, what would you do if you, you know, you knew you couldn't fail or what would you do if you knew like you've got like a month to live? It just cuts through the bullshit yeah. and just right. gets really just to the core, core of the issue. I love it. it. cuts through all the bullshit and we have a lot of bullshit. Yeah. We live with a lot of bullshit <laughs> and I want to be, I hope this is not inappropriate, but we live with it so much that we don't smell it. Yeah. <laughs> so true. You know, when something stinks and you're in a room long enough and it stinks, you don't smell it anymore. Right? Nice analogy. Sorry. Yeah. I, no. said that, I just say that as you took a drink. Um, but if we start to stir up that shit some more, we start to smell it. And like we become gross by it. Like, yeah. all right, we, it becomes disgusting. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I'll say it this way. I want us to become disgusted with it. So like, this is not who I am. And this is not a fulfilled life. This is not who, way I, this is not why I'm put on this planet. And, but until we start to stir that up and get disgusted by it, and that takes vulnerability, it takes telling the truth, it takes opening ourselves up to emotional exposure to see that, tell one on ourselves, then we, then we can start to make some change. And like, okay, I'm no longer willing to live that way. Yeah. That's a good answer. What would you say, what's one thing all our listeners can do today that will have a massive positive effect on their lives? Going back to what I said earlier, be, put on your radar anytime that you're stopped by fear. Like start today, just for one day, just pay, put that thing on your radar. Would, would I be doing something different right now if I wasn't stopped by fear? Now, whatever that may be. Because I think the more in tune we come with, and it doesn't have to do with the problem situation. You know, like for you, you know, as you're sitting there, should I move to Berlin or not? Well, of course you would if you weren't stopped by fear. But you could very well still be in London right now because fear stopped you. You didn't stop you. Fear did. So be in touch with, and it could be the smallest things. But just start to notice that. Become in tune with uh, and become more sensitive to those moments that fear is running your life more than you are. Yeah, so true. And are there any books or resources which have changed or had a big impact on you? Yeah, um, Brene Brown's uh, Daring Greatly, all about vulnerability. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's a, she's a master, you know, and she has a TED Talk that's amazing. Uh, but her name's Brene, you know, for your reader or your listeners and your viewers, Brene, B-R-E-N-E, Brown, uh, and it's Daring Greatly. Amazing. And I'm also going to also link up her TED Talk in the show notes as well, because, yeah, okay. it's, it's, a, it's a great one. Last but not least, how can people stay in touch, find out more about you and your work, Mike? 
Perfect. Well, you can go to my website, which is IamCourageousLeadership.com. Again, that's IamCourageousLeadership.com. Uh, you can certainly find out more about me, my keynote, and you know, just me personally and my mission involved with the revolution is MikeDilbeck.com. Uh, you can always email me directly. Uh, I, I'm fully accessible. Uh, Mike at raproject.com. I haven't switched over the URL yet. Uh, Mike at raproject.org. That's raproject.org, not com. Um, re- Twitter, it's at responseability, which are two words put together as one word. And uh, we're also on Facebook, response.ability. Fantastic. And I will, I will chuck all of that below this interview. Thank you, Mike. It's been absolutely brilliant talking to you. It's been I love uh, it. really, really interesting. I've taken it from a completely different angle. Like um, a lot of the interviews recently have just been just completely different mindsets and different angles, and it's amazing because it's just building up a really awesome just collection of like ideas and stuff. And so, thank you so much for You're giving up welcome. giving up your morning. I'm from, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you in Texas or are you in Chicago? Because I know you spend a bit of time between the both. No, I just moved from Chicago to Texas. To, so you're in Texas right now? Yeah, I'm oh, in Texas right now. Amazing. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I love Texas. Whereabouts in Texas? Fort Worth, Texas, right outside of Dallas. Ah, fantastic. Thank you so, so much, Mike. We'll catch you up soon. Okay, buddy. Take See care. See you later. Bye.